Hello everyone and thank you for the download. It's Thursday, July 6th, and this is episode 61 of the Marty Called Podcast. I'm Tim Grassy, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Assault Masaki. What's up, Josh? Uh, hi, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you just tried to do didn't work. Shit. <laughs> I, think it was, I think it was a hey, Beavis. I was like, hey, baby. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> was I couldn't that get the drop that you were trying to play? <laughs> yeah, I couldn't get Gary to give me a authorization to actually add it to the soundboard, so I tried to play it through <laughs> my phone, which worked about as well as I should have expected it to. We were trying to figure this out pre-show, and I believe Gary, back in the day when we started this, may have created this Discord server that we're recording on, and that might be why we can't do anything on it. You know, hypothetically, perhaps we should create our own, but whatever. It's all part of his plan to take over. (laughs) Exactly. Also, Ben's here. Skipper Ben, how's it going? I thought Josh was going by the nickname Sultan of Shipbreak tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Josh is recording live from the toilet. He's poop casting. Uh, From IBS Studios. Wasn't it, uh, I believe you were making a uh, ITM reference there. Didn't, didn't Ricky record from ITM Studios? <laughs> uh, if that's his bedroom, yeah, sure there did. Go. <laughs> I do like that. IBS Studios. We should probably call that Josh's studio. So let's see. We got Ben coming back from a trip report. They uh, found ways to make Genie Plus more complicated. Rogers the Musical debuted. And we want to talk about a tiara on Tiana's Bayou Adventure, right? I think that's the focal point. Something like that. Okay. Why don't we actually kick it off with Rogers the Musical? Because both Ben and I have been clamoring for this for quite some time. Josh, I assume you didn't actually watch this. Correct. Yeah, I mean, it's not really up your alley. I don't. I, I understand this not being for you, but Ben, I assume you did. To be fair, I haven't watched it either. Oh, you haven't? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I, I've watched bits and pieces of it, but I've not got to sit down uh, since we got back from our trip and spend the 30 minutes to watch it all the way through. Fair enough. I'll give a quick rundown then. Uh, it sucks. It, it debuted June 30th at the Hi- uh, Hyperion Theater. And this was supposed to be a presentation about there's supposed to be a presentation about the development of the show immediately after for the media when they when they premiered it and the fire alarm went off. So any <laughs> insight that would have happened just didn't happen. I don't know if that has been rescheduled for media or they just said F it. That but, sounds like an inside job to me. <laughs> possibly. It's, it's, it's there for a month. F it. Yeah, that you're probably right. Like it's only, it's set to have I think a two month run. Yeah, it's it's not playing every day. They're definitely giving themselves an out for this. But that being said, I'd give the show a solid B. It looks to be on par for me for uh, with like Finding Nemo the musical. I think the sets do actually look mildly permanent, but you can't really tell from a YouTube thing. Uh, but I would be more interested in seeing this. Uh, I mean, we were talking about it for a while. I definitely would love to see it than Finding Nemo. If it was, you know, if this was running for, for 10 years and Finding Nemo was running for 10 years, I would see this and I wouldn't see Finding Nemo. But the task, as we've said, is it was a difficult one. It was take the song Save the City from the Hawkeye Disney Plus series extrapolate that four and a half minute song for 30 minutes. You got to get seven movies worth of stories into that 30 minutes. <laughs> uh, you got to maintain the tone. And I really think they actually hit on all of that. They got the story mm-hmm. beats and as much as you can get seven movies in there, they got the tone correct. Uh, the reason for me that I would say it, it isn't an A and a just total slam dunk is they played it super safe. They made it G-rated. They pulled a couple of things that we anticipated that they would pull, and then some. So there's a line in that Save the City song, Josh, that says, We live through the 80s, and this too shall pass. Avengers assemble and kick some ass. We anticipated they'd pull that. 
they in the first Captain America movie, he punches Hitler in a song. And he, for for some reason, they didn't put out a casting call for somebody making twelve dollars an hour to play Hitler. So <laughs> they they didn't have they did mention Nazis, but nobody nobody got punched as Hitler. Uh, they could have put out like a Charlie Chaplin casting call and just not told the person. I was gonna say <laughs> Walt looked Walt, Walt looked kind of like him, just a Walt. <laughs> Same mustache. The weird thing, and I got to get the, the Why actual not just get line. the real Hitler? I, I'm pretty sure there's <laughs> there's a couple of videos on YouTube purporting he's still fine. <laughs> there was another line that they used for kind of introductions of the various characters, and I'm going to find exactly what it is. It's uh, – my screen just scrolled away. Um, sorry. It's helpful. This, this is great pod. The, the line that's relevant is Hawkeye seems cool, like a really nice guy, and it's a punchline in the show because he's in the theater watching it. But it's introducing all the characters, and it ends with, while Hawkeye seems cool, like a really nice guy, we just wish New York wasn't their battleground. And they just cut that out entirely. And I think the reason why they cut it out is because there's a lyric, Captain America's strong, and that Thor is a god, and Lord knows they're easy on the eyes. So we're taking the Lord's name in vain. And then we have Black Widow's a knockout who can knock you out. So there's some objectionation. Objectionation? That's a word, Tim. Uh, <laughs> they're objectifying some characters, and I'm sure that that's probably just playing it super safe, and they just pulled it from that. But uh, some highlights for me. There's a Nick Fury song, and <laughs> it is very much not in the tone of Samuel L. Jackson, but they've got a guy singing as Nick Fury, and that's probably the highlight of the show for me. And it really is in tone for the rest of it. But another takeaway is my 13-year-old nephew, who is a very big Marvel fan, didn't like it. It's a Broadway musical that it, that is catering towards adults, yet it's G-rated. So it's kind of threading a weird needle, and that's why I wouldn't call it a full-on A. But I'm pleased that they did it. I hope that I get to see it someday. And I recognize that it is very much for a niche market. But it's been a while since Disney's done a niche thing for me. So I appreciate that they did it. And in conclusion, do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Clipper shits are uh, fast. <laughs> I wish it didn't have a two month run. That's the thing. It, it, it's a. Uh, I mean, why would why would they do that outside of just the cost of running the show? I mean, it's nothing was running there before. Right. They're not bringing Frozen back. They're obviously not doing Aladdin there again. It's it's a theater that has sat empty for years, and and. It seems to be a success. I know they had that extra uh, ticket package. It was an extra twenty nine ninety nine uh, to get preferred seating, but you also got a bucket of popcorn. You got a drink. Actually, it was like for the first time, it actually seemed like a pretty decent deal <laughs> for for something Disney offered. Uh, and it sold out. It, I think it's sold out every single time, like immediately when it's gone on sale each day that the show's gone on. It's been positive buzz online. I, I don't know. I just wish it was going longer especially in that area of the park where it's, it does fit in with, with uh, what they're doing in that section. It'd be nice to see what we've talked about on the previous show about growing out that section of the park, adding more Marvel. And yeah. if this is a good show, if, if people do like it, uh, I, I mean, I hope it gets an extended run. The only thing keeping them from doing that is paying the cast members that, that play in it. I think they, they played this very safe on the public announcements for it, but the actual sets seem elaborate enough that it could have a longer run. And I hope that they're, that they just really said, all right, we'll do this for two months. And then if it's still playing the packed houses, then we'll continue it. I could also see them making this be a summer only offering and maybe have like more seasonal stuff. Uh, sorry, yeah. motorcycle just drove, drove through my living room. Hey, <laughs> have more like seasonal stuff. 
as the uh, year unfolds. But right now, this is in absence of nothing else. You mentioned well, the Frozen show, which nobody's clamoring for. No, but, you know, for that park to function really well, that there needs to be a show playing in that theater. Yeah, it helps it's, tremendously. It, it's so big. It can pull so many more people in and just can help with the lines at the major attractions that the park just currently hasn't had over the last couple of years. So I, I, I haven't actually paid too much attention to wait times. I need to do that uh, during the next run of shows. I'd like to see how this affects Guardians and, and yeah. uh, affects, uh, you know, cars and, and all those and see if the wait times do go down because that, it does suck in it's so many yes. people. And, it's a and that, big theater. That theater is awesome. Like that's that's a great, great theater to see anything in. And whether it's this or if this goes away and they have something coming up on the heels of it, I don't care what. They just need to have something playing in that theater. I'd love to see it in person. I hope that it either has a continued or extended run or they make it a summer offering. I will be there next summer. But I am I am pleased that they're doing it. There were a couple of things that I would prefer. Like, I'd prefer the Save the City song as put in the Hawkeye the Musical, or the Hawkeye the Musical, Hawkeye show. But at the same time, they did a tweak to that at the end where they used that song to tell a bunch of plot points later on. And I think it was a, a nice adaptation, again, for a theme park, whereas the show that they were seeing in the Hawkeye Disney Plus show was a full-on Broadway musical. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was adapted for it. But anyway, let's move away from Rogers the Musical because I think the next two news items are relevant to Ben because he has some firsthand experience of it. Uh, Disney announced a couple of weeks ago changes to Genie Plus where they are now having a separate price point per park and then the Magic Kingdom would be the same price as a multi-park Genie Plus purchase. And I think this is the first of many steps that are coming for Genie Plus. But Ben, you saw it firsthand. You used it firsthand, I assume. What did you think of the change? Did you see any... Well, what did you think of the change? We'll leave it at that. Oh, I, I loved the price of something going up on me halfway during my <laughs> trip. It's amazing. Love it. It's, it's usually helpful. Yeah. Uh, it actually made us consider... Genie Plus was already expensive enough per day going sure. into the price increase and and then taking away... Like, we, we have annual passes, so us having a park hopper, it would make sense to get Genie Plus on days, especially if we knew we were going from one park to another uh, at, at the minimum price. But now, you're, you know, if you're going to use it on a park hopping day, you are paying the max price no matter what, right. uh, which sucks. And then it also made us reconsider using it in other parks. And also, uh, <laughs> we considered using it in parks we maybe wouldn't have done it before because it was cheap enough to. Uh, case in point, Animal Kingdom. We had one day where it was so hot in the parks that, um, you know, we, we wanted to get one more Animal Kingdom day in, but we did not want to spend much time there at all. Yeah, uh, that and park you, holds humidity and yeah. heat better than any of the other parks. And if you're going to be there for, say, four to six hours, you don't need Genie Plus. You can do everything without needing it at all. I've definitely skipped <laughs> it on an Animal Kingdom yeah. day and an Epcot day. And we did it on the first day because, again, it was at $24 if we wanted to do it on our first day in Animal Kingdom, so we didn't do it. Mm-hmm. But the, the second time, it was $14, $14 or $15. It was, it was very cheap the day we were going to go. And I was like, you know what? If I get this and we time it right and we have my daughter's DAS with, with Flight of Passage, uh, but 
if we time it right, I can probably get everything done in less in about three hours using Genie Plus, and we did because nobody was buying it for that park. Yeah. I got it, you know, booked the one at seven a.m. for for Safari. We got there, and it was just boom, 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 one after another, and we went home. And we did everything, uh, you know, th- three and a half, maybe it might have been four hours, but that's also with us going to Satuli Canteen and sitting there and cooling off for a little We're while. Watching, yeah. yeah, so uh, it it definitely makes you evaluate things a lot more per day, especially with that ranked pricing Um it, we were hesitant. We didn't use it every day. I, you know, I, I went in planning on using Genie Plus every day. Um, where was we were there twelve days, and there were probably five days we didn't use it or so. And there was something about that one day where it was twenty seven dollars, where it just seemed like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a kick in the nads. <laughs> that was a kick in the nuts, and, and, and that was a brutal one. Um, but that was a Magic Kingdom day for us, and when you're going middle of summer. That's one of the parks where it's like, yeah, I kind of need it, uh, unless I want to be waiting in super long lines the entire time. So they should just uh, build an attraction and then flips you upside down and shakes you until you have no money left. Absolutely, absolutely. My like father's gonna... comment. God. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was gonna say my father's comment is he just puts his wallet. Uh, he gets past the turnstiles, takes his wallet out, and say, "How long can I stay?" That's what. That's <laughs> how he goes. <laughs> well, you, that's about you know it. What? He's not you... far off. <laughs> I honestly, I hate this day of deal. I, I hate that there's not an option I think it's to bad. buy it. I think it's a bad option for them. Yeah, it's, it, it actually made me evaluate it every day, and it made it to the point where I didn't pay for it certain days. I would almost rather there be an option, even if it was the $27 per person per day, where I can pay it before I ever go and just just not have to have that credit card charge every single day. And that's the shock is when you're hitting that charge and you're getting that, you know, the, the receipt on your email over and over and over again, because it's very much up in your face that God damn it. I am spending this money every single day. Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Whereas, uh, you know, we've talked about before, but the, you know, parking at the resorts, just add the $25 to the room fee and don't say you're charging me for parking. It's almost the same deal. It's like, right. Make it 200 more dollars a night for the room, but say you get Genie Plus for free. <laughs> and we know it's not free, it's just included in the price that but we're already included, paying up yeah. front. But it's not just blatantly slapping me in the face every single day that I gotta get my credit card out again and again and again and again. Uh, that's the brutal part right now is you're, 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 you're very aware of how much you're spending at all times in the parks right now, where in the past they did a lot better job of hiding how much you were spending in the parks. And, and in those instances, I think they're oftentimes getting maybe more money out of you. I mean, wasn't the whole reason that they went away from the ticket boot, the ticket model to kind of conceal the price a little bit more and not have it be a Absolutely. constant carnival yeah. type, you know, a la carte experience? Yep. Now they've, they've done both. It's brilliant. Yeah. There, there's also the... With with the price that they're charging and the lack of a guarantee to get on certain things, that's the real weird part to me. And Lisa brought this up while we were sitting there. You know, I, I buy it at midnight for Hollywood Studios the next day with no guarantee I'm actually going to get on Slinky Dog the next day. Like, yep. it can completely be gone. I If they're charging at a certain price point, and this is kind of a mix of the old FastPass Plus, I, and I, I, I text you guys this, it might have got lost in the thread, but like, if especially if you're buying it each day, they know how many Genie Pluses are sold each day. Yep. Like, like there should be a corresponding number of slots per attraction per Genie Plus sold to where if you bought it, you the only way you don't get on something is if you physically don't go do it. Like, you should have... I, I don't know if there's a if it makes sense to do that, but it should be like... 
you well they they know how many sold every day at at two o'clock. Slinky Dog should not be gone for the entire day if I hadn't grabbed it already. So the reality it, of it is, is you got to look at uh, how much they allocate to Genie Plus, and let's say it's seventy or eighty percent. It's in that range, and Slinky Dog, let's say, it gets through twelve hundred people an hour. Parks operating. Uh, 10 hours, you get 12,000 people through that, 70 to 80% of that. So let's say you get 9,000 people that can use Genie Plus on Slinky Dog and that park gets 40,000 people in a day. So uh-huh. that math simply doesn't work. And I'm throwing out very quick numbers without any actual uh, backing in front of it, but I don't think I'm that far off in that evaluation because you're not going to be able to, with Genie Plus, get on every ride using the accelerated Q. You've never been able to do that with FastPass. But you weren't charged with that. that that's that's my oh, difference. Yeah, you, weren't, was you, like, weren't char- you weren't charged with it. Yeah. That's a fair, yeah, very so fair if, point. If you're not charged, not then directly. I totally get it. I didn't get it. But now you're taking my money. There should be... I don't know how you fix that problem. But I, you know, I, more I, I, rides. I feel, it's not a hard problem to fix. Yeah, Build I feel more like rides. I, I know how to run the system. <laughs> and I'm getting on a good number each day. There are so many people there that are getting the one or two attractions and that's it paying the full price. I guarantee I speak to all this. Cause there's a lot there that you just said. I, I average, I would get between five and 10 genie plus rides per day. And that also mattered if I parked hopped and yeah, I, and I you can do that, but I know the system. I know the exact time to book the next one. I know everything I need to be doing. And I'm in that, top you know small percentage of the people that do there's there's the average day guest who's paying 27 dollars to go to the magic kingdom with genie plus and they're getting two rides the entire day and that's it and so the praise that'll heap on genie plus is it is nowhere near as exploitable as FastPass plus was but it is still similar to exactly what you're saying there's still such a steep learning curve if you know the system you are getting more value out of it and that is a problem if you want to have long-term guest retention at Disney. There's yeah, some, yeah. something that I wrote on WDW Magic a couple weeks ago, and it's basically calling to what we just talked about. Disney's done everything and anything to manipulate guests instead of simply building new attractions. The next-gen budget, Genie Plus budget, date-based tickets, park-based tickets, none of that accomplished a distribution of guests as they envisioned. They've invested multiple billions in these endeavors, and the simplest thing has always been, and always will be, building new attractions to spread out the crowds. And the only place that they've actually seen some movement is Hollywood Studios. And you can tell by the price point that they've got for Genie Plus. Jim and Len talked about this on their latest show, that they get the price point on Genie Plus down to the dollar on a day-to-day basis. Yet they're still having problems fixing effects. There's no motivation for that. And they're still having problems misrepresenting the wait times of things as well. And this is something Mm -hmm. else I wanted to speak to you about because – there is a motivation for them to overstate the wait times to to sell more Genie Plus uh, purchases, uh, to make more Genie Plus purchases. Have you? Did you experience that at any time where there you were seeing wait times overstated? My last day was Saturday, July first. Yeah, uh, at, at Epcot. Uh, no, no, sorry, July second was that Sunday at Epcot, Fourth uh, of July weekend. Yeah, and. <laughs> We didn't buy Genie Plus that day because we were doing a half day at Epcot and we're like, we'll just do single rider at Test Track. We'll just walk on the stuff that we can get on. You know, it was a day to do living with the land. It was a day to do imagination, stuff like that, that we had kind of neglected a little bit during the trip doing all the, you know, do new big e-tickets. And so we're like, we'll, we'll do single rider Test Track, go over there. It's m- like noon, one o'clock. And the wait time was 70 minutes. 
for standby. For test so track? We go, for test track. So we go in the single rider line, and we walk right into a car, all four of us. And That's not unprecedented for test track, but yes. It's it's not, but the queue that we walked past, yep. nobody was inside. <laughs> You know, the after you design your car and you dump into that hallway, that's usually very yeah, crowded. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not one person wow. from in that hallway all the way up to like there was nobody in the stand in the uh, regular line from the the design room all the way to the front. We had our pick of cars going through standby. We did it three times in a row on a Fourth of July weekend with a 70 minute wait outside there's no way there's zero chance that's a 70 minute wait at all but they there was no shame in putting that number up there to make people think I don't want to wait in this uh, right. it, without a doubt they're manipulating wait times to get people to buy genie plus 1000% and i mean there's always been a, le- a level of deception and i'm going to sh- the deception put this- was a, oh, yeah okay go ahead go ahead i'll, 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 I'll follow up I'm going to put this in the show notes. We've talked about this. Jim and Len have talked about this. I have a single slide from the original pitch for FastPass Plus back when it was called XPass, but they had to change the name because it was a porn site. By the way, the uh, XPass <laughs> is available, Josh, if you want to buy that URL and perhaps redirect like, it to you, Tilladors. I already have um, it. Okay. But <laughs> where I'm going to read my family reunion photos. This, uh, this slide showed the number of days where – uh, Magic Kingdom, a guest could get four four X-Pass selections was a significant chunk of it. 94% of the days, you could get four X-Pass selections. Epcot, 82% of the days, you could get three. Studios, 95% of the days, you get three. Animal Kingdom, 87% of the days, you could get three. The problem is that assumed you were adding it to things like shows because this is back in the early 2010s, before any expansion at the studios and all that stuff. And they basically said, how do we get to these numbers? It says, shift a percentage of resort guests, X-Pass reservations into extra magic hours. Include entertainment offerings like character meet and greets and parade viewings, which they did. Enable X-Pass blockout periods for cast members and comp tickets. Add park hours to increase overall capacity. That's funny. Huh. Uh, <laughs> and then build preferred attraction capacity. Soren Third Theater, new e-ticket attraction. This was the origin of the Soren Third Theater rumor, by the way, this particular slide. Uh, I know that uh, from Jim. I've, I've talked with him about it. But the idea here was that the other, the non-Magic Kingdom parks, you might be able to get two rides for each of those parks. And this was pre-Prandora, pre-all of the studios expansion, pre-the Guardians attraction and the Ratatouille attraction in Epcot. But the reality is if you're paying for those at either of those par- at any of those parks, you're probably lucky if you get two attractions out of it. I mean, Ben, you said you can you can use it, but mm-hmm. if you get a seven o'clock Slinky Dog, your ticket is probably tied up until at least nine, right? Oh it, yeah, it doesn't it bump it two hours from the park opening, so isn't from your the, ticket from the yeah? So say your you get bumped up- until like eleven then eleven. Yeah. yeah, unless you unless you're one of the lucky ones that gets a nine to eleven Slinky Dog, which we never did. Even at seven a.m. on the dot, you're usually yeah. at noon to, to two p.m. So you're getting if going to the studios. If you get Slinky Dog, you're getting the next one at eleven, and there's a decent chance that Smuggler's Run is gone. So you're probably going to Tower of Terror or Runaway Railway, right? Or yeah. maybe Rock and Roller Coaster. Uh, and then, yeah. yeah, go ahead. And so of that next grouping, 
you're off, you're probably pushed out until 1231 o'clock and the rest of that grouping is probably out. So maybe you get star tours. That's kind of a typical day at the studios, I would assume. Does that uh, sound about right or were you able to do more? Shows were always available. Yeah, but again, so, you don't need that. You shouldn't need them for shows. It shouldn't be on shows. Uh, exactly. I would argue that Indiana Jones would need it. Uh, it's a three thousand seat theater. How big is that theater? Well, the nice thing on that one was the being <laughs> able to a get the twenty-five year old show. <laughs> <laughs> Between that one and Frozen, we used it there as well. Um, but you're also able to get there late, uh, as opposed to have to get there a half hour before the show. You can get there ten minutes, fifteen minutes before, and get <laughs> Which a, not get my a experience busy. on Lion King. Well. But anyway, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's probably a function Tire of those squeal. shows. Not, the, that's probably a function of those shows not being full. Uh, that theater holds 21, uh, 2150 per th- show yep. at Indiana Jones. It's a huge theater. And yeah, you might not get the best seat if you show up a minute after the show starts. But uh, I don't know that you're really, truly benefiting from it unless it's preferred viewing. And and again, this is something that we need to monitor a little bit. Uh, I did find before the change... Uh, halfway through my trip, the first half of my trip, things were, were going away quick. Yep. Uh, they would run out the second half of my trip. Things were available throughout the day. I, th- and it was, I think it was a straight assessment to people not buying it. Yeah. I think, and maybe that's what they were wanting. <laughs> I don't know. I, I doubt know. it. I think they want more people buying it, but, uh, the, the, it was much easier to get stuff. We were getting stuff much closer to the current time. Hollywood studios outside of slinky dog, uh, and even Smuggler's Run was available within 20 minutes of when I would book my next one. So what we would Fourth do is we July would, at the studios was ridiculous. It was like 20 minute waits for Rise of that the whole, Resistance. That whole weekend, everything was slow all, in all the way through the fourth. I, I I don't know, I don't know what was going on there. But uh, what we would do would be get up. At, I would get up at seven, get that one booked. If it was like after 11 a.m., we wouldn't go to the park until 11 uh, okay. because we would just get there at 11 and then book whatever was available to the closest time. And we would gotcha. get tower. We would get coaster. We would get, you know, star tours was always available within five minutes of when you right. were booking your next pass. Uh, and again, that's <laughs> me knowing how to run the system. I don't know how many people know to do something like that, to maximize the, the most passes you can get. The best thing you can do is always book the next thing closest to what the current time is. Exactly. Um, yeah. That's, that's by far the best way to get the best value out of it. But that's nothing that you're going to find in any guidebook uh, on the dark side of Hollywood. <laughs> Thanks. But <laughs> thank you. Uh, <laughs> it, it's. It, the, we do the, have the, it the, over the, at xpass.com, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing I was going to get to at this with the Genie Plus changes uh, and the pricing of everything is I just couldn't help but feel sorry for every person I saw walking by with one of the first time visit buttons on. Oh, yeah, they're screwed. I, I, well, not just from how to do your day to day, but. I don't know how any of them, you you know, think about your first trips and how you just fell in love with the place because it was just, it was e- like you had never seen anything by, uh, like it before. It was easy. It was magical. It was not on your phone all day planning stuff. It wasn't getting charged out the ass for everything. These people who are going for a first time right now, the the experience has to be so weird, expensive oftentimes unfulfilling or, you know, miserable. You, you guys talked about it in the last park cheese about how angry people are in the parks. Mm-hmm. There's a 1000% correlation to that with the amount of money they're spending in the parks as well. Completely. You, Completely. You, and they're getting pissed that they're not getting what they think they should be getting for the money they're spending. And those first time button visitors, when are they going to go again? 
I don't know. They might never go again. Sour taste in their mouth. Exactly. And and Disney grew and was built off of those in the, you know, (laughs) Disney World, the 70s, the 80s, the the days that we talk about where we fell in love with the parks. That's where they got these people that, you know, us that still go today. I can't see these people who are going now for the first time doing what we did 20 years later. They're, they're going one or maybe two more times if they go again within that time period where, you know, we were the kind of people I, and there's a lot that like us that were going for, for <laughs> sure, for sure. Um, so it was, I, I don't know how they fix this. I don't know when they will. Uh, you know, we, I think we all had a sigh of relief when, when Chapek left and Iger came in, but you know what? He hasn't done a damn thing to really change the overspending in the parks at all. There's a lot of damage that he has to fix that JPEG did a lot in the two years. And it didn't really seem like much, but it cascaded and it's not just the parks. But I'm not trying to defend Bob Iger because he Mm -mm. created this mess as well. But there are, I mean, just taking a step back of separating it out by parks, I think they've done brand damage by having different price points for the parks. And I get why they're doing it, but... They did it for tickets and they're doing it for Genie Plus. But really, if you want to sell Genie Plus to somebody, you do it as part of a package the same way you sell park hopping and the water park thing. That's how they should be doing it. And it it should be based on the ticket. I think that if you want to recover some goodwill and maintain the actual income from it, I think this is possibly – I try to look for an explanation for all this stuff. And the only thing that makes sense to me as to why they're doing this is they're using this as information gathering and nothing else. Mm-hmm. Where are people spending the money? If we discount Animal Kingdom this much, will we see more usage of it there or not? Or is it a situation where we just – that's where we need to add new attractions. And then mm-hmm. we still have a problem at Epcot where we need to add more marquee attractions even though it has more – rides in the other two parks well and 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 the part they need to hope that people don't pick up on is the cheaper it is that really means the less you need it right absolutely straight up absolutely <laughs> so they i hope more people are sitting back going why is it only 14 dollars for animal kingdom huh Maybe i mean we don't need st- it here and they don't buy it and then they're whatever take a step back at animal kingdom and aside like, let's say you want to pay for the individual lightning lane for flight of passage you can Rope drop safari, get over to Navi River Journey, and if you're paying for for Flight of Passage, great, but you can do those three things probably before 1030 if you're there at 9. And do that just by waiting standby. And you can probably throw Dinosaur in because it doesn't typically build build up a wait until 12 or 1. But uh, I mentioned previously that FastPass Plus was super exploitable. The biggest benefit, I would say, of Genie Plus, and this went to MaxPass and Disneyland, is that they closed a lot of those loopholes. Because in FastPass Plus, you could have a roster of friends that had annual passes and literally bank and store fast passes on those accounts and then swap mm-hmm. into it. It really was super exploitable. And then the the thing that I they've hinted at is that there's going to be an advanced selection next year. Yeah. I really, looking back to that X-Pass slide and just the reality of it, I think more than a single advanced selection ahead of your trip is too much. I don't think the parks are currently structured in a way to handle it. 
And I understand exactly what Ben is saying. And Slinky Dog is a perfect example of it. That, all right, if I'm going to pay for it at Hollywood Studios, I want to be able to guarantee that I'm going to get on Slinky Dog Dash because that's one of the things. And if I can guarantee that, then I'll plunk down the 20 bucks per person per day. But right. until that I can right. do that, then, then I'm not a buyer. And what I'd also like to see is if they are allowing a single advanced booking, that that advanced booking is in no way connected to any genie pluses you make once you're in the park. So you get yeah. that, yeah. You get that slinky dog, and it's for that night. It does, and it doesn't affect you walk into the park at nine o'clock. That's when yeah. you can use your genie plus and make your next selection, and you get Smuggler's Run, Mickey and Minnie, Tower of Terror, whatever yep. it is. But you know that you always have that slinky dog at the end of the day. So yep. that's what I'd like to see if we're going that's, to keep a paid system with an advanced booking, only it, one. It needs to be that, and you know, one I think is fine. Or if it was a tiered system, I mean, you, you can give somebody star tours before their day starts as a pre advanced booking, and you know, put, put it in there with a Indiana Jones sing along star tours. You get one of those, you know, you get it. So maybe you go in with two, something like that. Where that's but an you, approach it, too. Yeah, you pay like at, you pay more if you want a Slinky Dog one. <laughs> yeah, but at least have it was the old tiered system with uh, fast We're making this more complicated though. It is. It's so stupid. It's so, so sorry. Josh is never going back to the parks. No, he's not. Why don't you, let's move away from Genie Plus because we're going to be bitching about this for the next 10 years. You saw the giant tiara on Tiana's Bayou Adventure. I did. What did you it's think? Not, it's not giant. What did you think of how that looks from a force perspective standpoint? And then just take that into your trip. It's smaller than any, it's smaller in real life than any picture looks that you see okay. online. I think it's hard to judge it with the size and scope until they finish out the top of the mountain. Yeah, you've got scaffolding there, right? There's definitely scaffolding up there. I don't know if they're still going to do the boat uh, that was I, in the concept art. I don't think they are, but something's going on up there to that's going to go over the top. That okay. I think you'll better better be able to judge the water tower. Uh, I will say it was pretty cool because we were at Big Thunder Mountain the night before it was installed, okay. and there was nothing going on at <laughs> all. And so that is kind of cool, actually, for us to go get up the next morning and be like, oh, there's this new water tower with the tiara and it's the first major set piece for the new attraction. We're like, hold on a second. Uh, filled and with the had... tears of people who experienced that park in the early 90s. <laughs> <laughs> there is a joke that says it's filled with the Save Splash Mountain people tears. <laughs> I like that one. Uh, and then we went the next night and my kids love big. We all love Big Thunder Mountain at night. So uh, sure, yeah. we went over there and got to see it in person. And it looks very good. Uh, it, it is just it is smaller when you see it in person. We watched all the online videos uh, ahead of time. <laughs> Literally going to see it six hours later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then we went and saw it. It's like, oh, wow. OK. But it looks well. It looks it looks good. OK. I haven't hidden my excitement for this attraction uh, at all. I'm excited to see what they do and what, what it's going to be. And, uh, you know, it looks like a quality piece. So we'll, we'll, I, I just hope that I, I remember the original model that was shown at D23 and some of the concept art, you know, I thought, I thought the outside looked pretty awesome, uh, that they wanted to do. And, you know, we've heard the rumblings that some of that's been cut back already, but I hope, uh, I hope they continue to make that outdoors area of the attraction really Really cool, and if this is the first of many things I add to it, then then we'll be good. It is smaller than the Disney Springs water tower. So somebody <laughs> I can't remember. Massive, so. so somebody had a 
uh, post of which one did it best. I think it's like the fourth wooden water tower on property. Yeah, <laughs> you, they got, they got House, to, of Blues, <laughs> House of Blues. House of Blues. Yeah. And so they, they really, the is, they really love If they made that those, water uh, <laughs> tower too big, it would, it would screw up the scale of the mountain. I think exactly. that's the idea. Like it's yeah. supposed to make the mountain look a little bit smaller, but at the same time, yeah, exactly what Josh said. Like there's, again, threading the needle of how do we actually want to size this? So Yeah. yeah. Oh, I definitely was not like disappointed by what I saw. I just it, the the way it was shot in the TikTok videos and some stuff like that. I was expecting to see a much larger tower, and it's not, but it's fine. Um, okay. And and there's enough construction at the top of that tower that they're 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 doing something up there that I think will make this feel like it fits in perfectly fine size wise uh, when it's all said and done. So tell us about the rest of your trip. It sucked. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, the other side of the. <laughs> Uh, we had a good trip. We were there for 11 and a half days in the park, Okay, which is a lot of days in the That's park. That's a lot. Did <laughs> you like, have any breaks or was it 11 and a half like, straight days? It was, we, we were in a park every single day. Okay. That's we a lot. Did, we did do a half day on our first Saturday uh, because we bought tickets for the H2 Glow party at Typhoon Lagoon. Okay. So uh, we considered that, a, that was a half day park uh, to go to the water park at night. And then... The Thursday before we left, we were we were exhausted. More like we're gonna do Animal Kingdom for a couple hours, and then we're gonna turn this into a, a Disney Springs night. So okay. there were a couple of days that we were on the parks for less than half a day, uh, but otherwise we were in there pretty much open to close all the other days. So I think I've seen I've seen photos of the H two Glow party. Tell me about that because I don't know much other than maybe a photo or two that I saw five years ago. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, we've done. They also have DVC uh, appreciation nights uh, at the water parks, and it's exactly the H2 Glow Party, uh, okay. it's, except it's only open for DVC members, and those nights are free. Uh, this one was like $50 a ticket with a DVC discount, which and you can get in. It starts at 8 o'clock, goes from 8 to 11, but you can get in at 6. Okay. And it comes with unlimited uh, ice cream. And unlimited drinks and other snacks, popcorn, stuff like that. And That's how they get you, though, though, so that you're not actually using the slides because you have to wait half an hour after you have an ice cream. So you can't actually go <laughs> tell, tell my daughter that. We went in there going, ice creams are six twenty five a piece. If we each have six or seven, it cuts into the price that we paid for ticket and we can justify doing this. And we This counts as your math homework, honey. <laughs> we probably I, I think uh, my my youngest got up to five and a half. Uh, I had five. We, 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 we had our money's worth. Okay. But the interesting thing that night was we got there at about six o'clock and the first hour was uh, fine. Uh, we did a couple rides in the lazy river uh, and then they started clearing out the park. And at eight o'clock was when the, uh, the party started. And at about seven 30, a monsoon decided to hit oh, wow. uh, right over Typhoon I mean, Lagoon. That is on brand for the exactly. Park. It is the theming is just out of this world. So I have been at a DVC party there where lightning has struck during one of these things, and you find yourself sitting under a cabana for an hour and a half <laughs> until it I clears would go out. Right to where it struck. <laughs> well, the interesting thing with this part, well, this one, it was a, I mean, monsoon downpour with no lightning, so everything okay. stays open. So you go in the water, so you don't get wet. So we did Misadventure Falls, uh, okay. their, their big family raft ride. We did it eight or nine times. Nice. The Have you done that before? Yes. Yeah. We love okay. that one. I haven't uh, been on that. 
and then I always get the name wrong, Crushing Gusher or Slushing Gusher, whatever it is. They're, they're a water coaster uh, I attraction. Slu- I think it's Slush. I think it's Slushing Gusher. Sl- slushing Gusher, and there's three slides there. Yeah, those are And funny. we did Tim's each of those slides. Yeah. <laughs> we did each of those slides three times each, and that's easy, an hour wait per slide uh, on a normal day there, easily. Oh, uh, and then, that sounds awful. During the main monsoon part, we actually got into the wave pool. It is and not slush gusher. <laughs> so that just sounds a little. <laughs> it, is, it is crushing gusher. Slush crushing. gusher is a Blizzard Beach slide. Uh, apologies ah, yes, it is. It is to actually, those yep. who are offended by our ignorance. <laughs> <laughs> but for for a good hour, we stayed in the wave pool with okay. uh, with just our heads above the water because the wave pool was warm and the rain was ice cold coming down on us. Uh, but they kept running waves. Which during one that of whole you time. peed in the in the pool? <laughs> we we actually on a, on something that would normally kind of like bum you out. We had an amazing night. It actually was one of the most fun nights. Uh, we had on the trip. We like, we had a blast. The, the, the we, rain, you know, we just thing. owned it and didn't let it posit- you know, stop us at all. We're we're you're already wet at a water park, so what's rain right. going to do to you? Who cares? Yeah, yeah, so whatever. We we had a blast. Uh, I I highly recommend the H two Glow Party to anybody. Uh, you know who? The, the, I like the parks during the day, but they they can get so busy. The water parks that the lines are just ridiculously long. You find yourself doing a handful of things. You, there is no fast pass. There's nothing like that. Uh, in the water park, so you're waiting in the standby lines for everything. Um, Do you get the tapu tapu? Not the tapu tapu. No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, but there's something about those water parks at night that's just that's a lot of fun. So we we've done that a few times now, and we'll continue to either do the DVC version of it or do the uh, pay for the H two Glow uh, version. This is a very Marty called esque question. What is the lighting package like at Typhoon Lagoon at night? Uh, Good question. Just well lit. Okay. Oh my god. So, yeah. Can we try a little harder? <laughs> yeah. it, I mean, like, compare it to a place in the parks. Is it like, like Animal Kingdom has a, has a great uh, lighting package, but it's no, it's think, still dim. Think uh, Adventureland at night. That's that's still except kind for, of ex- moderately. Except like, like, for the wave pool is very illuminated, and it's okay. got to be for for safety reasons. Yeah, but that's the fair. The pathways, I think adequately illuminated should be the name of our next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we can call the, this the title. The yeah. pathways walking around, going back to like the the crush and gusher, it was dark. You know, it, it, it is kind of dimly lit in a lot of the spots. So uh, not so is Josh. Josh is dimly lit. Dimly That's true. Lit. Yeah. It, no, it, it definitely reminds me a lot of Adventureland uh, okay. at night. So part of that's probably the theming as well, but. All right, yeah. so I, I already interrupted. I know try to find that you find it hard to believe, but I was con- I haven't experienced the H two Glow Party. So what did you do? That was kind of your first day. What other highlights did you do for the rest of the trip? All right, so we went on kayak uh, probably about six months ago <laughs> to look at flights, and they don't have DVC points on kayak. Oh, flights, okay. <laughs> That's for seven of us. Uh, this, who, this joke who, never gets old. It never does get old. Um, no, that was a that was so we got there on a late Tuesday night. Wednesday was our first day there. We stayed at Port Orleans Riverside for the first time. Okay, actually loved it. I like really the Port enjoyed Orleans, that resort. Uh, yeah, resorts. Uh, we stayed in the Alligator Bayou section, but we were like a two minute walk from the uh, main building with the with the restaurant and everything. Um, we got there. Uh, our our first day was Epcot. Uh, did Guardians of the Galaxy. That's that's uh, even though Tron was new, that was. That's our family's favorite, and got on Guardians, and uh, still as great as ever. Uh, we ended up doing Guardians 
four, five, four times, five times during the trip. <laughs> and four of the times we got Iran, uh, okay. by flock of seagulls. So <laughs> my daughter, by the last time was like, if I get Iran one more time, we're going to guest relations. I was like, you, you listen to the show. I've only done the Christmas one. So what is your oh, preferred oh, song oh. on it? I know uh, the Christmas one sucks, but I, I, I still enjoyed the ride quite a bit. I like Iran a lot. Um, the, uh, I've never gotten everybody wants to rule the world. And that's the one I want to hear and ride okay. the most by far. Uh, never got that's it. That's what I would want. Yeah. One way or another is a lot of fun. That'd be fun. Uh, yeah. well. That's, mm. that's the one we got on our last ride, but I was, I would probably say Iran is my favorite. Uh, but I, I know if I ride, everybody wants to rule the world. It will be my favorite by like a mile. So, uh, so we did that. I will say, I know my last trip was our first time doing guardians and it was our first time doing ratatouille. And I know I was pretty harsh on ratatouille, uh, <laughs> but it's also because I was so high on guardians. It's a bit of an understatement. <laughs> I would like to take back that statement. I really, really, really like ratatouille. Okay. It, it has become one of my favorite rides at the resort. It's charming. It's the load area. <laughs> I, I love the theming in that spot. The one thing I realized was the scope and scale of those of the screens of the scenes when you're uh, especially that first room uh, when you fall through the window and you're scurrying around. If you see that they they expand the screen real seamlessly, you're in there in a very tight spot when you're at the window. And then when you fall and you hit the ground, it's actually the, the screen expands to about two and a half stories high. And it does it flawlessly. And and to the point to where you then, at the end of that scene, scurry underneath uh, the, uh, through the uh, into the kitchen, into the refrigerator. Yep. By, the, by the time you're scurrying it, and you're underneath the uh, – you're underneath like a cart. Yeah. The screen is scaled Perfect. back down to like a one-story screen. It – if you pay attention just to like the technology around that and, and how it's done, it's really cool. I, did, I finally did it like on the fourth one and really paid attention to everything outside of the ride and how they pulled it off. That ride – does size and scale better than Transformers does? I will say that right now. With, with, with Universal, you're supposed to feel the size of a human with tr- huge Transformers all around. I think that's you. A, probably a fair assessment. I think Spider-Man does it very well. Spider-Man yep. does those transitions flawlessly. That I, I'll even, have to look be, out for it last time. Even on Spider-Man, though, you're supposed to be the size of Doc Octopus of the and, and when you're in front of them on those screens, they are way bigger than you. And uh, this, when you're supposed to be the size of the rat and the humans are supposed to be, you know, uh, stories taller than you, especially in those first couple scenes, it does it makes that effect better than any other ride in Orlando. And I feel to make you feel small in a world where everything's so much larger than you are. And I just I never appreciated that the first time doing it. Uh, But. The more I've done that ride now, the more I've really fallen in love with it. So I, I'm I'm a massive fan of the ride. I was always a massive fan of the expansion. Everything out there, like the the the, the whole theming of that whole back area, the water fountain. They they hit an absolute home run with this to the point that they they did a better job building out a Ratatouille land than they did a Star Wars land. I hate to say it. <laughs> I don't think that's real. I don't think that's fair. But I do. I, I think th- this is a smaller area too. So. The, the detail, that kind of L-shape pathway that you get there is very well executed. I really enjoy the ride, but I, I just going to disagree with you. <laughs> that, that market area in Batu, 
the whole area around Rise of the Resistance that was supposed to make you feel like you were joint, you know, in a forest joining this ragtag bunch. Nobody does anything in any of those areas. The only spot that is really lively is the area in front of uh, the Millennium Falcon for Smuggler's Run and the bar area. There is nothing, nobody is spending any time in that land unless you have a reservation to build a lightsaber or in droids. I didn't see anybody hardly walking around with droids like they had in the past. Uh, Honestly, I saw fewer and fewer lightsabers than I've seen in the past as well. Um, But just walking through that market area, I know we've always compared it to like Diagon Alley and and any of the Harry Potter lands. It's more charming than Star Wars. If you want to make that argument, I'll I'll certainly buy that. Yeah. I think that... Star Wars was not intended to be charming. It was intended to be epic. And I think because of Rise of the Resistance and because you have a full-size Millennium Falcon, it satisfies the epic ask that it was. It, it wasn't necessarily – there are people that, are, that would want you know a specific place in Star Wars canon represented. But I think they did a very good job with Galaxy's Edge. My biggest gripe is that we don't see the droids. We don't see the kinetic energy. Well, that, that, that uh, there's a – advertise but that's led to what i'm kind of getting at there's a lot of wasted space in that area that's fair because they're not utilizing the way it was supposed to be and it's also a place that we're not familiar with whatsoever i'm familiar with france i'm familiar with the buildings the architecture the stuff around it i feel like i'm there when i'm in that market it's it has no connection to any of the stuff in the movies that we're used to like it's the argument that we've made before like why create a new place when there's all this canon that you could create and and build stuff around to make you feel like you're in those places that you're familiar with and you've seen on TV? Uh, because right now they didn't do that to make you live your adventure and go do your thing, but none of that's happening right now. So I, I, I feel like I've seen a, a major people pulling back what they do in that area of the park compared to what it was pitched to, what it, and even... They didn't fulfill the promise of what they were planning to do there with the characters, with the droids and all that stuff, but people still did their own stuff for a while. I feel a lot of that has gone away. It has. And that has led to a lot of dead and empty space. I don't feel that way when I go through Diagon Alley. People are still doing stuff. They're still going to the shops. They're still using their wands. They're still part of that story. Uh, Same with Hogsmeade. And it's going to happen with the new Harry Potter land as well. Uh, I think it's, it, it, we've done a lot of looking back on if they did the right thing for Star Wars, uh, we, and we did it pretty close to when it opened. I think 10 years from now, it's going to be real interesting looking at that area of the park and seeing if they've done anything to add to it, because I, I, I think we've hit a bit of a lull in, in that section of the park. I think what they did, I, I like the idea of not locking it into a specific place because that would allow them to bring in the characters from any Star Wars entity. And then they just didn't do it. So they created this locked-in timeline, which they've now started to step away from, but they locked it into the Episode Eight timeline and then didn't build an area from that trilogy, as an Mm -hmm. example. Mm-hmm. I think the idea of making this kind of a generic port area with hints of architecture from around the Star Wars universe worked if they were to satisfy the other things. And they haven't they haven't hit it out uh, entirely, obviously, because it is still the stories that are te- being told in there are very much new trilogy stories. Mm-hmm. If they were to expand, say, towards Star Tours and wipe out Muppets and that sort of thing, hey. then 
then uh, I, well, we, we've said this. I think Muppets needs to go over a rock and roller coaster and perhaps do a new Muppet show in the Cars Theater. But anyway, the idea – this is not what you wanted to talk about about Star Wars. <laughs> but I, I, I think the idea of it not being a specific place was one where I kind of liked that choice because it wasn't an obvious choice. But then they didn't – like so, like they do so often, they don't go – all in on it where they could have the original trilogy, the sequel trilogy, the prequel trilogy, the yeah. Clone Wars, all of that integrated, Mandalorian, all of that integrated in different areas, different parts of it where you don't have the timeline mattering. But anyway, back to Ratatouille. So that is a uh, – it's, it's a favorite of my three-year-old. We liked it a lot. Do you like it now? Uh, would you put it ahead of Runaway Railway? Because it's hard to not compare those two. Oh, they're very close. I like right. I like Runaway Railway quite a bit. They're both good I, additions. They're both very I, good additions. I, I think I do put it slightly ahead. I do. See, for me, it's a no-brainer that Runaway Railway is better, and it's not to knock Ratatouille. I just think Runaway Railway is a better attraction. Yeah, no, they're they're, they're very very close. I would say I put it slightly ahead of the Disney World one. Uh, I think the Disneyland Runaway Railway is better with their better queue. Yep. A couple extended scenes, uh, a few things like that, that puts it a little bit over the top. Okay, so you mentioned Cosmic Rewind. You hinted yep. at it. Tron. Talk about Tron. Uh, Tron. It's a ride. It's a roller coaster uh, at the Magic <laughs> Kingdom. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> Go so on. We, uh, our second day was Magic Kingdom. We got a virtual queue at 7 a.m. Our return time was around 3 o'clock in the afternoon. We got <laughs> shit. We were we were at Language. Big Thunder. Yeah, oh, this was a good one. We we're at Big Thunder Mountain, and again another monsoon hit. Uh, and, <laughs> and we had these umbrellas. Literally, the wind just sheared our umbrellas. Uh, we were soaked head to toe by the time we got to Tron. Again, it's another one that, that they are very strict with that window uh, of your return window. We did find out with Guardians, they're not strict with it at no, all. No, they're not. It's just Tron right now. Yep, yep. So because we, we had via Napoli reservations that were going to hit the same time our callback was. So we went and talked to one of the blue tents and they're like, it's good all night. Uh, you just can't go before your group's called. Um, you can come back at any time. So like, go have your lunch and enjoy yourself in world showcase and come back here at any point before close. They're like, okay, perfect. Uh, Tron is definitely not like that. So we, uh, we braved the weather, braved the storm. We looked at the, uh, you know, weather on our phones and it was not going to get any better anytime soon, uh, until after our window was closed. So we, we went over there, we were soaked head to toe, <laughs> even the outdoor queue we got into, and it's still downpouring on us for a little bit. <laughs> so, so we didn't have the best experience right off the bat with, uh, what it was like getting over there. Uh, I hate my shoes and socks being wet and they felt yeah, like I had too. gallons of feeling. Yep. And so I totally had By that. By the way, Josh uh, is here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shit breaks Welcome back. Welcome to the show, Josh. <laughs> Did you guys see my note? Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so we get over there and uh, the outdoor line, you know, once you go in the queue, there's a, there's a, there, once you check in with your virtual queue, there's a good section of outdoor switchbacks uh, that are somewhat covered by the awning, but not completely. So you will get a little wet if it is uh, storming there. Uh, I did find that the queue moved pretty darn fast though. Okay. Well, again, no, no traditional. Oh, no, there is the lightning lane, isn't there? There is a lightning lane, yeah. and even with the lightning lane, the the regular queue moves 
pretty fast. There's two kind of pinch points. One is the really quick pre-show that they can probably only fit about 30 people in per time. Okay. But that little pre-show, it's it only lasts the length of one launch of the of the cars. So if if the attraction is launching cars every, you know, 20 seconds, then yep. it's moving people through that room real fast. You go through there. Then there's another room with about four switchbacks uh, that leads to the locker room area. So that's your other pinch point. And then once you get through your locker, uh, it's essentially the load station to uh, Cosmic Rewind. It, it's, it, it loads yeah, the dual same load, way. Right? Yeah. Dual yeah. load, dual unload. Yeah. Right? So yeah. we never waited more than 45 minutes ever uh, with the virtual queue. Okay. So, uh, and honestly, there's not a whole lot more extended queue set up that, that, you know, when this thing finally does go off virtual queue in about seven years. Sorry, that's a bad Cosmic Rewind joke. That's still on virtual <laughs> queue. I, I think this thing actually will load much faster than Cosmic Rewind does. Really? When, when Even the, though the when, seating is weird? Yep. Or unique? <laughs> yep. I do. It, that was fast. There was, there was no... Uh, I didn't see one time where there were people having issues getting loaded on. Uh, so yeah, the load station, once you got in there, you, you got on super, super fast. So, which we'll get to that in a second because, uh, three of us really liked it. My wife did not like the way you have to sit in that thing. So okay. she, she did it twice with the uh, regular seats and then she chose for the back seat, uh, the rest of the time. She just could never get comfortable, uh, it was, she, she got on just fine, but just the way you have to lean forward and with the launch, she can pull you back a little bit. It just it does some weird kind of twerks on your body that she uh, she did the back did seat. Not like. <laughs> yeah, she did the back seat, and then after she did the back seat one time, she was like, "Nope, that's how I'm doing this from now on." How is the seating, in your opinion, for like a six foot four and change, two hundred thirty pound guy? He, he's talking about me. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's all in your calves. That's what? the weird part. It's all how big your calves are. I always what, skip leg day, so we're good. Yeah, yeah. So if you got nice skinny calves, that bar is going to come in just fine behind your knee and lock in. That's the only thing that you have to That's get locked in. That's actually my skinniest part. Sweet. Yeah, so... I've seen you naked. You're lying. Yeah. It, <laughs> uh, I would say, like, it really has nothing to do with, like, uh, anybody's gut or belly or anything like that. Or, or it, well, That's it's, very good news for me. Yeah, it's... it's Mine, too. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's, it's, it's if you can get your legs in there the right way... How many chins that can bar to come down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but again, I saw... People of all shapes and sizes getting on it without a problem. Uh, okay. Anytime Lisa wanted to ride in the back, we had zero wait for that back car. That was because, the next question. Like, did she have yeah. to wait longer? No, we waited like one car for it to okay. come through. And and then she got on that one. So, uh, and that one, the the back seats for those are a lot like Cosmic Rewind. So, yeah, you know, and Cosmic Rewind is an incredibly comfortable attraction. I can totally see how people would like to sit in those seats better for, for the ride. So, but... Uh, <laughs> Based on, I know the videos that we watched and we kind of criticized the attraction, how short it was, and a lot of people bitched about how short it was, this and that. It's rock and roller coaster, man. I I, I can't get away from, if if you're okay with the length of rock and roller coaster, then you shouldn't be complaining about the length of this one at all. It is a little shorter, but yeah. But if you're riding it and you feel it, you're doing it yourself, you would never guess that at all. I, I loved the thing. I thought it was amazingly fun. And I actually prefer finishing quickly, so it's fine. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I thought I would like it going in. That was uh, a sex joke if anybody's paying attention. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Got to earn that explicit tag. Otherwise, it's misrepresentation. That's right. I always thought it was cool from the Shanghai videos. Uh, I thought it was cool from the videos from when it opened here. Uh, but writing it first person, doing it, um, I it's it's an absolute must do. I love the thing. Uh, it's it's in my top list of attractions. Uh, it fits perfect in the area. <laughs> the, the, I, I there's not one thing I can say negative about it. Uh, if it was longer, awesome, great. But it's not, and I'm perfectly fine with the length that it is. Uh, we did it three times during the day, and then we had uh, extra magic hours one night. So I got to do it again at about eleven fifteen at night, where it was all dark. And honestly. It doesn't make a lot of difference. I know a lot of people, that was one of the reasons they're being real tight with the return windows is people were trying to do it later in the day when it's dark. But that canopy is so lit up that you really can't tell how dark it is outside. The only difference is, is the neon lights that okay. illuminate over you while you're going during the night that you don't have during the day. So if you, you know, if your only option is to write it to, during the day, you're not missing out like whatsoever at all. Uh, it, it's, it's great during the day. It's great during night. Uh, we did buy the lightning lane for it one time. Okay. And, uh, that's because I missed my 7am virtual queue by three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I, we had a day we were park hopping to the magic kingdom. Just sounds relaxing. <laughs> well, it, it's so dumb. You know, you, you, you get know the, virtu- the, the new for fantasy light attractions. You're going to have to try and buy a uh, Taylor Swift t- concert tickets <laughs> while you're in the parks. <laughs> it was easier to get those. So we had a day that we were park hopping over there. You can't go over there until after two o'clock. Um, and every time we had gotten the virtual queue for Tron, our return times were before two o'clock uh, or around two o'clock, which put us at the point like if, if I do this too early in the day, we're going to miss our virtual queue and not be able to do it at all. So I'm going to wait three seconds and then I'll push it, hoping I get it like at six in the afternoon. Nope, three seconds after 7 a.m., they were gone for the entire day. So were you able to get a virtual queue for it even if you didn't have a park reservation? Or did your tickets not have park reservations? Uh, that might have been it, too. Either one. Because I don't think – I think – Yeah, that might have been it. If, that might have been it. That That's probably what it was because – so it, don't get me wrong. It, it's it, running it, it out does, quickly in the morning. It does go away within seconds without 1,000% if you but don't get it at the 7 a.m. the 1 o'clock one is gone. lasting longer. So exactly. The, it, yeah, totally. The 1 o'clock window has been lasting – I'm just looking – I just scrolled in March sixteenth. Twelve 16th. seconds. No, June June sixteenth, seven a.m. six point two seconds. One p.m. an hour and fifty two minutes. Yep. And I think part of this too is that the attraction is very efficient. Yeah, oh yeah. You probably didn't have much downtime on it, right? I don't remember any downtime on that so, one at all. Again, just just going through June seventeenth, seven a.m. was forty five seconds. One p.m. was an hour forty nine. So there is a lot of flexibility at the 1 p.m. time yeah. frame but if you're if you're hopping to the park then you're not necessarily going to get it you still have to be yeah. in the park you have to have a reservation for the park to be in there at one o'clock because they have all the other stupid rules like park hopping. yeah i bought it for like six o'clock by the time we parked over there a park hop over there that day it was already gone but that was also the extra magic hour night so we were there in time for the 6 p.m and got that right away so that night we got to do it about 6 30 and then we got to do it Right at we were the group number one called during extra magic hours. What day was this? And I can tell you the exact specs for that day, and you can we can determine whether or not you were. Uh, that was the Wednesday. Wednesday the twenty eighth. Yeah. So Wednesday the twenty eighth, 
is not on this page. <laughs> this is again riveting, <laughs> r- thanks, r- riveting pod. Uh, <laughs> Wednesday the twenty eighth. It looks like you had. Where the hell is the information? <laughs> All right, uh, seven a.m. Six point one seconds. Actually, Ugh. one one p.m. was only a minute, so sixty three point okay. seven seconds. So that particular day was an anomaly relative to some of the other ones, yeah. as well. Yeah, there so, was a lot of days that were still available late in the day, but by the time we'd park over the park hop over there, it was it was gone. Yeah. Uh, I will say, on the day that we did Lightning Lane, it was eleven minutes from getting checked in to walking out the exit door. Okay. Lightning fast. So yeah. that was that was pretty cool. Aptly named then. Yep. Yeah, that was the one time it actually was. Uh, the other thing there that was awesome was the locker situation. Okay. Absolutely fantastic. Every every. I've been so excited to put my personal belongings into a locker system. <laughs> but the, is- but as fast as they do it with the put it in on one side and then it's right there as you exit on the other side and you and you leave. It's so much more efficient and so much better than anything Universal does. You know, with, with every attraction you got to do there, you got to do it on the outside or before you ever get in the queue. I think Velocicoaster has it right. Ve- Velocicoaster has it, but this is way better than Velocicoaster. Okay. And, what do you think? What would you say you prefer? A, a nice sing-along or a really good locker setup? <laughs> well, this actually is one of the funny things that I would think if Josh sees it. <laughs> Technology wise and design wise, he'd be exci- as excited about that as he is the attraction itself. Well, that doesn't <laughs> so, mean I'm going to miss this opportunity to make fun of you. No, no, but I, you're the only person I could think of when I did this for the first time. I was like, Josh is going to love this. So, <laughs> was there a way for me to lose my autistic brother at this locker setup no, as I did at no. Velocicoaster? Coaster? <laughs> so that's that's the big difference is when you when you get access to that way, it's an L shaped hallway, okay. and there's lockers on your left hand side. And it goes, there's like five bays down to the corner. Then you take a right and there's like three more bays. Josh is my bay. There's a bay. (laughs) There is no room that you go into and then try to find like an open spot there. And they're all illuminated. Mm. It's a very dark room. It's my open spot. (laughs) Yeah. It's a very dark room. And if you see a glowing little circle, that means it's available. If it's dark, it's not available. The light. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so no, you, you would uh, you'd have to be a terrible big uh, terrible brother if you lost your brother uh, in the in this situation here. So uh, he escaped. It, okay, <laughs> <laughs> he escaped. <laughs> uh, I hope. I hope if any attractions moving forward, that it's a situation where you can't take a bag on. This is this is the way they need to do it moving forward, no matter what it is. It was just really, really well done. Good. Give me more. He escaped. Did fine. he have the DAS card with him? No, he didn't. I, uh, that was good. You, that's a teaching opportunity. That <laughs> so I could have gone on Hagrid's without him. We would be exactly. Good. <laughs> uh, me, okay, uh, I'm dad. I'm dad. I, I got to go on Hagrid's first, then I'll find Matt. <laughs> uh, I will say while we were at Riverside, we were there for seven nights and then five at uh, Saratoga Springs. And so we checked in on a Tuesday night, and there was a sign at the River Roost Lounge in the lobby for Yeehaw Bob there on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night. So we were were very excited to do that. And we get back on the Thursday night. I can't remember. We were at Animal Kingdom or something. We were back early enough to where the River Roost was going, and we took the bus uh, and had it drop us off at the main building because it's, again, like I said, a short walk over to uh, to our room. I was like, let's go inside. We're going to see Yeehaw Bob. This is great. And we walk in there and there's some dude 
singing you know, like Piano Man, and it's some white-haired old guy that is not Yeehaw Bob, which put an absolute scare. Oh, that's scare- Yahoo Daryl. He's, he's, <laughs> he's the understudy. It, it put an absolute scare into me that Bob had died uh, and that Josh was right this whole time. Um <laughs> But uh, I go and ask I, I go and ask the bartender, and of course he's like, "Oh yeah, Bob's on. You know, he's off this weekend. It's like the one weekend we're freaking there. He's uh he's not there. So uh, we did go back though the uh, the Saturday night of our uh, uh, la- it was our last full day. Uh, Lisa and Elena had just been worn out halfway through the day at, at Hollywood Studios, and they told uh myself and, and my oldest Abby, she's, she's like, you guys go to the magic kingdom and go to a close. Abby wanted to go to a close and, and do all kinds of stuff. And those two were done uh, with, with the trip by that point. So they went back to the room. In their uh, defense, you had done 11 and a half days. We that had, is a we had, lot. That is a lot. But, uh, it, so we left That's the a magic marathon, dude. Yeah. We left the magic kingdom at 11 PM and yeehaw Bob goes on until 1145. Okay. And so I just was kind of j- laughing with my daughter. I was like, you know, we have time to get over there for like three or four songs. She's like, let's do it. So okay. it's like, all right, let's go. So we went over, parked over at uh, Riverside, got in there, saw saw actually about five songs and had an absolute blast to the point where. Uh, so you left Magic Kingdom at 11 and yep. were able to see songs yep. before midnight. Wow. Before midnight. That's impressive. That's very we, impressive. Well, we, we were parked in the parking lot. Uh, we did the trick of taking the <laughs> As resort. opposed to the lake. <laughs> yep, yep. We, we were parked at the we were, get, park wait for this in one. parking lot. Wait, wait for got this it. one, Tim. We got were parked it. at the TTA. Okay, mm. got it. Now I'm a, now now you have my attention. <laughs> did you see that we uh, got corrected on uh, <laughs> the, the historian guy? <laughs> like, listen to the show, bub. We did the the old trick of uh, as everybody's waiting for the TTC monorail, take the resort monorail. Uh, yeah. It's a, it's a much shorter wait, so we were there and and we got there so late in the day that we parked really close uh, to okay. the TTC. So we just walked to the car, got in there. I I, I went through security about uh, eleven twenty or so, and uh, walked right in. It was it was a blast. So I hadn't seen them in years, and it reminded me like you know a lot of these nights the parks close at nine, right. And oftentimes I'd get talked into going to the Magic Kingdom and, and we would uh, and, and go do a few hours there. But it's a great option. If you like sing-alongs, if you just like a, a family-friendly entertainment, if you like to have a ben, couple do you beers. Like sing-alongs? <laughs> I love sing-alongs. <laughs> I also like beer. So I had so I had a couple beers while we were there. What was the locker situation at Yeehaw Pops? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying so hard to come up with a good locker joke right then. Nope. I got nothing. <laughs> Uh, it's definitely on the agenda next. Now, now that my oldest has seen it, she's like, I want to do this more next time. Sure, so, yeah. uh, we will leave, uh, you know, Hollywood studios at nine. And instead of going to another park, we'll go to Riverside and have a, have a fun time. So it was a blast. I believe they don't ha- have shows that start before nine o'clock, if I'm not mistaken. Right. It's, it's, at, it's a late show for you, Bob, for you. Oh Bob. yeah, yeah, yeah. He starts at. I want to say, I think his first show is like 9.30, 9.45. Looking at it, like, yeah, it, it starts at 8.30, it was to okay, 11.45, yeah. so he's got basically two shows. Yeah, he has like a half hour break in there. Yeah, um, yeah. So, uh, it was a blast. So, we, we had a good time doing that. I'm trying to think what the other new major stuff, there was nothing, uh, that was the only new thing we hadn't, oh, no, I, we did an uh, awesome planet, I think, for the first time ever. Okay, that's not <laughs> a bad show. I mean, it's a little preachy, but it's, we did I guess, it, we, we did it two times in a row. We liked it so much. 
<laughs> I got yelled at there because I went to that in 2021, uh-huh. and it was it was Matt, myself, and like one other group that wasn't within spitting distance of us. And I got yelled at for pulling my mask down and rubbing my nose. Jeez. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> well, we we were walking into the land. We had a uh, genie plus for Soren, and as we were walking by, it was, you know, she was like, the show's starting, come in right now. And Lisa was like, I have to go to the restroom. So, uh, and my youngest was like, I really want to do this. So she's like, take the girls in there. Y'all go see it. I'll meet you downstairs. And so we go in and see the show. I forgot there was effects. I forgot there was lighting effects and water yeah. effects and smells and all that stuff. We actually had a blast during it to the point that we get out, we go down there and she's like, let's go get on store. I'm like, no, we, you need to come do this. So we went back upstairs and we got into the next show and watched it again. So don't walk past that one. It's it's fun. I'd say it's for us. It's a if there's a show in the next three minutes, I absolutely, go. absolutely. And and you know with the water effects and all the wind and all that stuff, it's a if if you like that stuff in any of the 3D movies, then you're going to enjoy it here. The the smells were cool. I don't know. It, I, I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff in one of the shows. It is me. It's a, if you like a chili dog smells burped in your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, that was, (laughs) I think that was the only other new thing that we hadn't done. Uh, but within those 12 days, there was a handful of things that we did not do. Okay. So if you're asking yourself, can you do everything within 12 days? You probably can, but you won't. (laughs) Because what you find on one... You're busy riding Thunder Mountain for the 47th time. Absolutely. And what you find yourself doing, especially when you're there so many days at the first half of the trip, you find yourself going, oh, we'll do that later. Yeah. Oh, we'll come back to that one later. We'll we'll do that next Tuesday, and then next Tuesday happens, and you don't do it, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then you're there like on a random Saturday night, going, "Oh crap, we haven't done Tiki Birds yet," which we didn't do Tiki Birds. <laughs> or My three year old reminds me on a pretty much weekly basis that we didn't do Tiki Birds on our last trip. Like, <laughs> you were one and a half when we went. How do you know that this is a thing? <laughs> I will say, to be fair, um, the the we did do Tiki Birds at Disneyland here real recently. Okay. Uh, so I think, and we did it a couple times there. So it, what, it didn't seem as high a priority as, uh, you know, country bears for me because we, we had done it. It was fresh on the mind still from our California trip. I do have a list of things that were broken <laughs> while we were there. I'll get into it in a second, but the, the, the catalyst of leading this deal is we did, we did rise of the resistance three times. Yep. Two times were absolutely terrible. Okay. Absolutely terrible. Um, you pay multi- for it at any point? Uh, no, which okay. made me. <laughs> well, there was one time we got in line when it was thirty-five minutes for it to break down right before we go in the interrogation room, which really sucks because you're like, "Hey, nobody's here. We can walk on this thing," and then you get to the point before the ride starts and you get walked out the back door. Yeah, which which can really piss you off. <laughs> before and you go into the broken effects, did you listen to Jim and Len's show? This I week? did. I did. Where, where, uh, Josh, I'm guessing you didn't. Disney has filed a patent about possibly adding upcharges for uh, special or unique offerings in rides. And Lens, some of Lens' commentary was, would you pay $5 to have a Kylo Ren working in Rise of the Resistance? Or would you pay, the other example that he think, that he gave that I think was a little more serious was, would you pay $5 to have a different narrator on Spaceship Earth? And he said, Kermit mm. the Frog. Uh, <laughs> and these are all things that mm. at this point, fix the broken effects you currently have before you start charging a premium yep. for new things yep. that are also going to break. So anyway, you have yep. the floor, Ben. Well, and that, that was going back to the way we're talking. So the first time we rode Rise, 
I know the people we're riding with, it was their first time and they were in the lightning lane. And okay. they they all had Star Wars gear on. They're Star Wars fans. I You could just tell they were excited to do this for the first time. One so, was dressed as a Wookiee. Yep. <laughs> so the effects on that one that did not work was we were on the lift side where you come in front of the at-at. Yep. So the uh, cannons lowering, that is a really cool effect before they start blasting overhead. Yep. Uh, the cannons did not lower. Okay. Then you uh, get to the elevator shaft. The little lights aren't twinkling, Clark. <laughs> you, get to, you get to the elevator shaft and the lightsaber effect is not working. Again, you just, another very cool effect. Yeah, like just, that's the that's the money that's shot it. right there. You too. just get the you get the gap that's circling with no lightsaber poking through it. Huh. Okay. Yeah, there was no B mode on that at all. It was just like Were there's no lightsaber. Were you able to learn anything about how they do it by seeing that? Uh, you can I tell it's a tur- how- it's a turntable. Yeah, we know is- how that one works. Yeah. Okay. If you if you saw it, Josh, probably twice, you'd you'd see how it works. But when it's, you see it, but when you see it when it's not working, there's not things visible that you're not supposed to see. Well, so you can I don't know how to see, ask that clearly. You can see the turntable moving. Okay. What keep what keeps you from seeing that clearly is when that lightsaber is poking through and the lightsaber is spinning in the opposite direction. Got so okay. there's enough there's enough things moving that you're not focusing on that one thing that's actually causing gotcha. the, the hole to move open. But you okay. when that lightsaber's not poking through, yeah, you see the turntable just move. Uh so it I wonder if their focus really wasn't even drawn up to it. And that's kind of like the hopeful. Well, you have to because lining. you have to because the the sound effect hits right there. Oh, that's true. Yeah, he jumps on top effect. of it. You hear the piercing, and then you hear the you know the the uh, the sawing through it. So then you leave that room, and obviously the cannons still not yeah, working. Yeah, they don't work. Nope. Uh, and then we turn the corner, and Kylo's in B mode. Of course. So four major effects not working for a group of people who paid what twenty bucks a piece, probably twenty bucks. Yeah. That sucks. That sucks, sucks, sucks. And and if it's their first ride, they probably don't know to complain about some of that stuff. Exactly. And, and there is no guest recovery on the at back end. There's nobody down there going, hey, sorry, you paid the full price to not see everything. Let me uh, give you a free ride on something else or anything. There's no recovery. They just hope you don't mention it at all. And I know we had it in the Facebook chat that – if you're charging people for Genie Plus, if you're charging people for Lightning Lane, I don't want to hear a goddamn thing on the on the uh, earnings call about how much money that's generating and going into the pockets of the investors. I want to hear this is how much we earned on it, and here's how much we're putting back from this program to fix the shit that's not working, and they're not doing that. That's that pisses me off that they are charging people a premium price for half-ass attractions right now. I had a conversation and I've I've, I've mentioned this on at least one show. I don't know if it was this one or Park Cheese, but with an Imagineer at D23 Expo about the cannons, and he basically said, "If we can get that sweet sweet genie plus money, we can fix it." Yeah. And they're not getting it. And they're, they're- not. No, we're going to hear about it being an awesome new revenue stream, and it's going towards our our profits and blah blah blah. It's a bunch of crap. And and that is shameful for this company to be doing that. I uh, going back to people in their first visits, going back to people who are doing this thing for the first time. Who kn- who knows if they'll when they'll get to do this ever again, or if they'll even want to. <laughs> it's it's a totally different ride when you got Kylo B mode and you got no lightsaber, you got no cannons. It's an okay ride. Uh, you should go a lot. I mean, it's that's still a pretty damn good ride, but it shouldn't. I mean, that ride is so epic 
when all that stuff is well, working. It second really time, is. Second time we did it, no cannons, Kylo yep. B mode, yep. and from the elevator until the drop uh, escape pods, it would pause for uh, nearly a minute between every show scene because it was <laughs> backed up. And that ride, now they do a good job with like the audio of Finn talking to the droid on your car and giving yep. it like, you know, you, okay. you, you got to keep doing this. You can't be scared, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? When when that thing stops for a minute at a time, three or four times in that yeah, area, that pacing is killed. It kills the pacing. It's not exciting whatsoever uh, when when that happens. So, and I know that can happen on rides. Uh, that can happen on the timing of stuff. But again, there's no recovery at the end. That if 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 they're recognizing that you're getting backed up so many times and not getting the experience that you either waited for or you paid for, you should be able to go back through again. Yeah, I, you, you, have, you have to. You should get a reride. And they don't do any of that. So yeah, that's messed up. Last trip, we had interruptions on it, and we did get rerides. So I wonder, I wonder what the breaking point is. Like, if you're being evac from it, and you've gotten to a certain point, they'll give you a reride because you never actually got on it. Right. With with other things too, if you're interrupted, like that pacing that you just mentioned, that's typically something that you could get a reride for. But I don't know. I don't know, well, it's they, weird. There used to be a day where Disney would just offer that as a guest recovery before it became a problem. And yeah. these these days they don't. They'd be proactive they, about it. They hope that you don't mention it and you just go on with your day. And yeah. uh, Keep spending uh, though, please. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So we finally on our final ride for Rise got a good ride. Uh, and then we had one more time for it that we got walked off uh, and just said, screw it. We're not doing it again. Uh so Did you get that, Kylo in A mode on the last ride? The last ride we got Kylo in A mode. Okay. Yep, we got we got everything on that one finally. Good. Uh, so, the, the cannons, obviously. Yep, no cannons. But uh, so yeah, between those there, we also had Hondo uh, who wasn't working for two straight weeks. <laughs> on Small World, I counted uh, at least twelve dolls just dead and not doing anything, <laughs> uh, and that's not counting the second uh, flying carpet spinner where you know what there's four flying carpets with dolls on that that was just dead and not moving at all this is going back like 10 to 12 years where maintenance was just atrocious yeah. uh for mm-hmm. a year it's, now it's a, it is we get on to like almost 10 years of disney podcasting it's getting to the point where you can almost see the trends and oscillate the, you know the pendulum swinging back and forth it's like They've nothing had waves is, of good uh, maintenance yeah. and now this is not definitely the downside on Big Thunder Mountain, the waterfall uh, on the top lift hill has been down for an entire year now. No water's okay. been turned back on there. Yep. Uh, on uh, Under the Sea with uh, Little Mermaid, uh, the first aerial that you come afro- across in her grotto, her mouth doesn't move at all okay. anymore, and she's singing uh, Part of Your World, so that sucks. Uh, Sebastian is also not popping up uh, Have in you the seen three the spots. New movie? Is, she, is she a ventriloquist, ventriloquist in the new movie? I don't <laughs> Cue the ventriloquist joke in three, <laughs> two, one. I have seen the new movie, by the way, and really enjoyed it. Okay. We'll do it. We'll save that for another show. Uh, here, you'll love this one. Spaceship Earth. It, it's uh, who, who painted the Sistine Chapel? That's Michelangelo, right? Yeah. Yeah. His one arm's the, not moving. One of the Ninja Turtles. Oh, he's his one arm. of those ninja painters. Those are very elusive. He He's just laying there. His arm is not moving to paint the Sistine Chapel. One of my favorite effects on that ride, one of my favorite effects on anything is him sitting I, as a kid. Just I loved it where he was laying back on that scaffolding and, and, it, and you go by as he's painting there. Now it looks like he's taking a nap. His arm did not move for two weeks. Okay. The was big the printing sc- press working, though? The printing press was working. Okay. 
the big screen on Test Track. Uh, the, the you know uh, when you come down the the first hill, and it used to be the uh, the brake run where, yep, with the yep. ABS brakes, and now you just go down and and uh, there's that screen on the end that has like a little avalanche, like digital avalanche effect, yep, yep. Uh, effect going from you. That was turned off for two weeks. Okay. Um, let's see. That's all I have written down here at the moment. I like it when they leave them on, but it's like a Windows XP screensaver. <laughs> <laughs> Windows really? 95. Yeah. There's a lot of small things here, but there's a lot really of big things together. as well. That there, There's just... It's a that's probably a thousand cuts. I mean, look, it is. Disney yeah. got its, its whole value prop at the beginning, at least, was that they went to the... They had the care to make sure that all those little details were attended to. And now, you know, they're they're one of the worst offenders. Oh, I didn't even put anything about Dinosaur here. <laughs> dinosaur. They're Period. just mailing it in until they dinosaur. The fact that it's still running is a testament to the fact it, that we. <laughs> it is barely, barely running. It that is functionally was, closer to Indiana Jones Adventure than it uh, is Dinosaur. <laughs> that thing was down so much the entire trip. Yeah. Lots of downtime. Uh, Space Mountain was down multiple times uh, a day. <laughs> but it was down so much that we did uh, the TTA twice with the lights on inside uh, Space Mountain. So that's always at least fun to see from the TTA side. Uh, yeah. But not fun if you're getting walked off Space Mountain like we did uh, one time when we were at the load area. So that was always great. You made it all the way to load? We made it all the way to load and had to get walked uh, off the back, back door. That blows. <sighs> trying to think what else. There, there, There's a lot of issues. There's And... and uh, I, again, referencing Jim and uh, Len, they mentioned that on the show right now, that, that Len's testing of the touring plans, especially at the <laughs> studios, is struggling right now because the attractions are down so much that he can't properly test the touring plans uh, because everything's... Uh, with the, our first day at... Uh, and this sucks. This the, I hate this part. We had Genie Plus for Epcot. At 7 a.m., you know, there's a handful to get. There's You get your Frozen, you get your Ratatouille, or you get your Test Track. And so I choose Frozen. And Frozen's down until noon that day. And you're screwed with that pass because th- this is one thing they got to get fixed on there as well. If, if an attraction is down, they give you the option to go to other attractions, but they're not the equivalent of the one that's down. Right. So that's the big it's thing. like it, Frozen we're, and we got the whole text message in the app. We're so sorry that Frozen's down. Actually, it was longer than, than noon. It was, it was like two or three in the afternoon before it got going again. And your options were wait for it, or you can go use it at, you know, uh, the Pixar 3D <laughs> film festival. <laughs> you can use you it for Imagination, go... which currently has a five minute wait, but we're going to save it 45. There mm-hmm. is no go use it on Test Track. There is no go use it on Ratatouille. There is no go use, you know, on anything I can that's. I see the... Ratatouille being excluded, but everything else for Frozen should be fair game. But, you know, it, at that point, you should be able to go use it there, and then the system should be also be able to say, hey, he's already used his Ratatouille. Yeah, and then, that's fair. That's fair. And then I can wait for Frozen later if it comes back up. But right now, at that point, you know, I've already got my Frozen in the morning. So by the time I get my Ratatouille, it might be four or five o'clock in the afternoon already, or it might be out for the day. So it should give you the option to go do one of those bigger attractions. And if you use it there, then you're not able to get that as a separate genie later on. That I, that was an old flaw in the system, and they it's changed still there. it. Well, they changed it now to where before, I, I think I talked about it on the show, you could book Buzz, and if Buzz was down, you could go use it at Space Mountain. And then you could get off Space Mountain and book Buzz again, and if it was still down, you could go use it at Space Mountain again. So they changed that system to where it limits where you can go use it when an attraction is down, and it just so happens that the only places you can go use it are on really shitty rides. 
<laughs> low level and, rides. I won't call so them shitty. Th- I mean, low level rides. Again, they've shifted what the guest recovery thing is. Yeah. And, they, and uh, again, it's more things that are that are anti guest. But did you have yeah. any other takeaways from your trip, perhaps positive to uh, to end on a positive note, or are we going to uh, end with <laughs> criticizing all the busted stuff of the attractions? <laughs> We had a blast. The resorts were great. Um, Both resorts were great. How many beignets Uh, did you have? I had so many freaking beignets. So that's now become a must do uh, because I'm up at 7 a.m. booking everything. I also a bag of Coke found in Washington, D.C. actually powdered (laughs) sugar from your beignet consumption. There's there's a good chance it was. I went over there like at six. (laughs) We went over at least like six mornings. I'd go buy a bag of beignets and bring them back for the girls to wake up and have breakfast in the room. Okay. That's one thing. If if you've never been to, uh, oh god, what's the name of that one? The, the I don't know what the name of the restaurant is, but Port Orleans. Yeah, go go there in the morning. Uh, get you some beignets. It's right as you enter uh, the main building, right to your left. Uh, Scat Cat Lounge uh, is the name of it, and uh, you get a bag of six beignets, and they're huge for ten dollars. It's the best value <laughs> for anything you can eat while you're <laughs> while you're there. Uh, meals were good. Uh, food was good. We did a. Uh, we, we ate at the Sci-Fi Dine-In for the first time in quite a while. Okay. Uh, that That's uh, another core memory as a kid. I loved it. Fell in love with that place the first time I went there. Uh, you know, they haven't updated the movie whatsoever <laughs> in all these years. <laughs> nor, nor should they. And I'm fine with it. I loved it. Uh, so so my daughters loved it. The, the food was quite excellent. So we, we enjoyed that. We did Via Napoli a couple times. Again, that food was great. Uh, the best service we had, though, and you everybody will laugh at us for doing this, uh, our night at the uh, Disney Springs, we went to Planet Hollywood again, which has become a go-to <laughs> for my family. Okay. The, the best waitress we had the entire trip was at Planet Hollywood, and the food was fantastic. Was it Guy I, Fieri in a dress? It, well, his his uh, I have my Captain Crunch chicken, which is uh, my one of my favorite things. And then Lisa has the lasagna that was a Guy Fieri lasagna and she loves it. But between that, the entertainment on the screen, uh, the wait staff was fantastic. We loved it. And so okay. I know I know it's one people don't go to and, and it's not high on anybody's list with all the other options down there. But, uh, you know, ever since the remodel of that place, it's it's been a quality, uh, quality go to. So uh, I will say. We didn't buy a whole lot of stuff. Uh, it was a comment that... Do you we, normally? Yeah, the, there's always something that the girls want. There, We usually let them pick out like one big thing and, and, and as a big souvenir or whatever. And all four of us walked away from going through all those shops going, there is nothing here that I want. Uh, which isn't because probably Bob good. has gone. There's no good merchandise anymore. It, well, like the 100th anniversary stuff was very plain. Yeah. And just the other stuff was very plain. I, I don't know that we all walked away. Actually, my daughter wanted a set of ears from Toy Story 4 that they were selling. There's a big Toy Story. It's a summer of cool Toy Story, a Pixar deal. And I told her, I was like, they have those at the outlet store back in Dallas. Say, those, I, I those are going to be in the outlet store next and week. And they, they were there when I went there on uh, Monday. I went, the, the outlets, <laughs> the outlets 10 minutes it. from my the outlet's 10 minutes from my office at work. So I was like, don't buy it. I'll go get it for you on Monday. And they were there <laughs> and I got them for, you know, less than half of, uh, more than half of what they cost in the park. So, uh, I know that's something that everybody's kind of talked about for a while. Like the merchandise been real lacking. And I think that's very true right now. Tron had nothing that I was like, I have to have this as a, you know, 
to commemorate my first visit or uh, like the grand opening of it. It was all just kind of very basic and plain. It was action, fi- you know, plastic action figures that didn't look cool. They had that little customized uh, character that you can create with like a the the uh, oh like they do for Avatar. Do they, ha- do they have the Toronto rails? Do they they probably have an inventory of those left over? Which ones? So this was like a D twenty three thing. Back when the Tron Legacy was coming out, I remember they did that. like the, the monorail with the Tron wrap. The wrap. Oh, yeah. oh, and so they sold the Tron rails, and it was yeah. a really big deal. It was like if you wanted to make up the price of your D twenty three ticket, you buy a couple of these things and sell them on eBay, and they sold like that over the weekend. And then there was there was pallets of this stuff going to the huh. outlet stores. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I tell you what, what, there's a big miss right now that. Um, I know it would get me to open my wallet quite a bit, but if I was working within merchandising at the parks, I would be looking back at the stuff that they were selling like in the early 80s and remake it and sell it in the parks. The nostalgia factor of the old merchandise, I think, would fly off the shelves. They did some of that stuff for Epcot recently, but not enough. No, I mean, I would... If, if they found molds in a warehouse of things that they made, I would take those molds and redo it and in the shirts and the hats and everything yeah there's a level of nostalgia that we all live right now uh that they have not tapped into and i think that's a massive revenue line that they they could they could pick up in the parks because the stuff that they're producing now is just generic and blah and there's nothing really special to it at all the the ones that are doing the best work are like the lounge fly people it's not disney at all like you know the lounge fly bags are cool and the lounge fly ears are pretty darn cool uh it's not and Disney's net And Utilidors is killing it with two O's. Yep. And so the, the Disney itself is not producing, I think, you know, very, very cool things at all. But um, if I were, if I, if anybody's listening from merchandising, I would totally do that. Look at the stuff that, even the way they sold the candy back in the day and those little like square plastic uh, containers, I would buy 20 of those. If, so I if, bought, they did that for the 50th. They brought yeah, some of those yeah, back. They did. They did. And, and I, got, I bought the I rocket. Go I got one for Matt, and it was, he was like nonplus. We were far more excited about it than he was. Absolutely, but. yeah. <laughs> but I would, I bought the rock candy one. I remember because that's what I would always buy when I was a kid. There, so yep. they, the, the, there was, we got, we got off pretty easy, not spending a whole lot on the merchandise side. So uh, that was at least nice. Do you have your next trip planned? Uh, it, yeah, it'll be June sometime next year. <laughs> okay. So that you we, can satisfy an annual. Absolutely. That's the reason we're doing it. And honestly, we spent so much on this one and did so much that if I wasn't already locked into kind of already doing that, I think I would be thinking about doing another California trip or another cruise during that time period. I We, we got our fill on this one. We had a lot of fun. I had a blast. If I wasn't already pot committed to next year, though, based on some of the stuff that we did and based on how much I had to spend to get the experience that I wanted, I would... I would be looking at doing. I would probably be looking at doing California again instead of Florida next summer, and that's in as a couple of days at Disneyland. But that's also Universal again and some of the other right. stuff out there. It's not just a straight Disneyland trip. With you having annual passes, you didn't have to worry about the five park reservation limit because you had a resort stay, right? Correct. Was, so okay. we were able okay. to piggyback both on on those. Okay. But I will tell you, we because we passed it going back to the airport. Um, 2025 will not be a Disney year. That will be a universal year. We will be doing universal parks. We'll be doing Epic universe. Makes sense. 
I if if they are smart, they keep doing what they're doing with the you know. Again, Disney should be doing it. I've got to stay at their deluxe resort to get Express Pass for free. I know I'm not getting it for free. It's built into the price of my resort, but. Fool me. <laughs> do, yeah. do, do more of that because you're still getting it, the value. You're getting the value. And, and we're already sitting there going like, that's what we're going to do in 2025. We're going to, we'll come back out here, but we won't go to Disney at all. We'll do it all at universal. We'll stay at a certain level. We'll get the express pass. We'll do the three parks. We'll do the water park and we'll come home. And I know I'm not the only one that's going to be thinking that way come 2025. And that's Definitely why, not. you know, I think these next six months are going to be very interesting because they've, They've got to get a move on shit to start countering that now, because once Journey of Water opens, uh, which isn't going to move the needle whatsoever. No, nobody's booking a trip for a no, walkthrough. They, there is nothing going on. You got, you got, uh, you do have the reopen of, of Splash, but it's we've seen the ride before. We've been on the ride. The scenes will be new, but we've done the ride. That doesn't Gianna's, compete with Gianna's will help, but it's again, it's it's not an addition. It's a replacement, and hopefully an upgrade. Yeah. But it's I, and, not. It's not I, enough. No, yeah. I've, I, I, end of the day, I've done that ride. I haven't been through Frankenstein's Castle yet. Yeah. And I want to go through Frankenstein's Castle. I want to go on the new Harry Potter ride. I want to go on those new coasters. That's, Universal currently has 15 attractions in development right now. At least, yeah. So, yeah, to, to Disney's one plus, 15 yeah. rides in development is probably more accurate. And is that I've, counting minions? Is that, yeah, you know, so I think, I think there's probably a dozen going into Epic Universe then you got minions. Then you've got whatever's going into kid zone. And so, it's 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 funny. They're going to the, recognize the need to open stuff in the other parks before Disney recognizes right. they need to open anything in their parks because they're they're like we can't let everything go to Epic Universe. We've got to now put something in in Lost Continent. And you know, right. Once minions opens, I think you see the construction walls go up over there, and yep. that's they're going to be building new stuff over there to compete with themselves while Disney sat there, you know, twiddling their thumbs. So, I think. Destination D is going to be very interesting. And from seeing what I saw, like at dinosaur, like <laughs> that shit's coming. Like they, 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 they <laughs> don't give it. a, they don't give a crap about that ride at all anymore. And you know, that plot, like that's, it's just a dead corner of the park, uh, completely. And I, and we love dinosaur. We made sure we did dinosaur several times because it is a family favorite and we see the writing on the wall. So yeah, it's going uh, away. I hate to yep. say it, but on that happy note, if you have any questions or topic <laughs> ideas, you can email us at martycalled at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter under the username at martycalled or join in on the discussions in our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash martycalled. We'd also appreciate it if you rated and reviewed the show on iTunes. We've dropped out of the top podcasts in Brazil, so we need more five-star reviews to help us out there. Ben, where can we find you online? You can find me on Twitter uh, at backside underscore water, and you didn't even let me talk about Epcot forever, you asshole. I deliberately <laughs> didn't do that. Uh, basically, because it's it's a uh, it's the greatest show ever. It's a sore spot, a sore spot for Josh. It is uh, true. <laughs> true. I sorry, I forgot about that. Josh is X Pass live right now, or absolutely. Any other place we can- <laughs> but just for for the sake of our family friendliness, go to utilidors.com instead. Okay, and you can find me on Twitter under the username at Inferno Barge. Thanks for listening, everybody, and have a good one. Love you, Josh. Sorry you couldn't join us tonight. <laughs>
Hey, Kevin. Have you seen Shipwreck lately? Why? What did you do to him? <laughs> Me? Nothing. See, I'm the one whose ass he kicked. But, uh, I'll tell you one thing, though. I don't think he's gonna have a problem shitting in school anymore. Slipped a little something into his mochaccino. <laughs>